Ja, mit Batteristen am Penzeller. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Swiss Pats. Thanks so much for joining me. Things are good here in the Swiss Pats household. Every day is the same. Wake, eat breakfast, play Animal Crossing, watch Ozark, eat again and repeat. School, however, officially returns soon, but the kids will be at home for at least another week in Switzerland. No one knows what's next after that. We will have to wait and see. Over the last year, we worked with an author named Rilla Ressler on Swiss Pats. First, she was a guest, and after meeting her, both Don and I knew that she was going to be a great part of the Swiss Pats family. So Rilla started her own series with us based on her book, All About a Life Abroad Reimagined. In her interviews, she delves deep into the whys and feelings on being an expat, how they imagine their lives and what it looks like in reality. She asks the questions to get to the inside of the mind and soul. All of the people she's had as guests on Swiss Pats have been expats that have their roots deeply embedded in Switzerland. Rilla planned to interview myself and Don at various times, and we've all just been so busy that we never got around to it. But time had to be made when Don announced he was going home. And that actually lends itself to an interesting topic of discussion, the expat returning home. When Rilla spoke to Don, he was still here in Switzerland. COVID-19 was weeks in the future, but his message still holds true today. What surprised me most about this interview is, I mean, I know Don, but I realized listening to him that he was so full of positive energy. I guess deep down I knew I love spending time with him and we used to make self-deprecating jokes to and about each other. So it was easy to miss the positive side that you will get to hear in this episode. He has a just go for it attitude. He never felt hesitant to try new things, even if they might not work. He's the opposite of me. I need lots of encouragement, a kind word, a pat on the back. Don says, screw it. What's the worst that could happen? And what a great way to accept life as an expat. In the future, I will speak to Don to get an update on life as the opposite of an expat, an expat returned. Don says, being an expat changes you, but will returning home change him back? Look out for an update in the coming weeks. Thank you once again for listening. A big thank you to Rilla for hosting this interview with Don and getting a personal look at his expat life from beginning to end. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment on all social media. Your support is really appreciated. And I am looking forward to bringing you more interesting and meaningful content over the next coming weeks as I speak to people and how they're adapting, coping, and dealing with life in self-isolation. Enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Rilla Ressler, and you are listening to Life Abroad Reimagined. When I said yes to my husband's proposal of moving to Switzerland for a few years back in 2008, I had no idea what was in store. I didn't know how difficult nor how rewarding my life would become. Moving abroad put me on a trajectory to write a book and change my life's work. My experience led me, along with my two colleagues, to collect stories of men and women throughout Switzerland who had moved with their partners, and that turned into our book, The Trailing Spouse Reimagined. This experience also led me here to this podcast, where I will be talking with people from all over the world who have reimagined their lives here in Switzerland. I'm honored to be a part of sharing their stories with you. again, Don. Hello, Rilla. How are you? I'm doing great. So it's wonderful to be with you and uh, to do this this chat, this interview, because we've been talking about it for a while. We have, yes. Um, I really want to learn more about what you thought your life might be here, what it turned into. Um, as it happens, we have a little bit of a unique circumstance, a little unusual situation that isn't the case always when I'm doing these interviews. 
That's true. Uh, we are moving back to the States. Yeah, and soon, right? And very soon, uh, depending on when this comes out. But uh, as we were recording today, it's going to be about four to five weeks, and I'll be back in the States for good. Wow. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting that it is here. First of all, it's interesting being on this side of the mic. I'm, I'm very uncomfortable, which is weird. <laughs> I'd much rather be in your position, so I'm going to do my best to... Uh, uh, now I can empathize with our guests on that's Swiss Pass because I'm like, probably, why are they so nervous? That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I get it now. I get it now. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's staring us in the face, and it has been for a few weeks now. Um, the wheels are in motion of mm-hmm. of everything that you need to do uh, to make this move, right? Right. Kind of the same thing coming over here, but in reverse. Mm-hmm. And so that's keeping you busy. But uh, it was uh, it was a bit of a a heavy piece of news that we received Mm -hmm. uh, at the start of 2020 that uh, my wife got offered a promotion. Great. Um, There really wasn't much place for her here to kind of really advance her career or something we kind of had to do. And uh, it was a tough decision. It's still been a tough, for both of us, right? Just for her as much as it has been for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, it's processing that. Right. And also processing with, oh, we have to sell this, we have to get this, we have to figure this so out. So much to do. Right. So many to-dos, but also perhaps a little bittersweet time. Exactly. Bittersweet is the perfect uh, word to describe mm-hmm. how we're feeling right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. Well, let's jump backwards then and okay. um, go back to before you came here and you first heard about the possibility that you would be leaving. Where were you living before? We were in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. And I was living there for about 13 years. Oh, a while. Okay, yes. Yeah. Uh, my wife moved and was there for probably about 10 of mm-hmm. those 13 years. Mm-hmm. You started your family there? We did. Okay. Yep, we started our family there. Uh, we bought our first house there. Yeah. Our first condo, then our first house. Okay. Uh, it was in this idyllic spot. It was like a Leave it to Beaver neighborhood. Nice. The grade school was, we could see it from our front door. Wow. Uh, it was, but I was going through things professionally where I wasn't very... I was unhappy, mm-hmm. right? I was kind of, I was getting a little burned out on what I used to do. I was mm-hmm. in the sports media. It's a lot okay. of nights, weekends with little kids. It gets to be a bit much, a right? A bit old, yeah. Yeah, so I was dealing with that. So we got the call in July of 2016. Hey, there's an opportunity in Switzerland. And my wife calls me at work and I Google <laughs> Switzerland because I wasn't <laughs> sure where the hell it was. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, cool, it's right above Italy. You know, I come from an Italian-American family. I'm like, okay. And so that was in July. And then uh, in the next month, we took a trip out here to kind of see. My mm-hmm. wife was like, look, we're not going to commit to this if we don't know where we're going. Right. So we took a trip out to Basel for a long weekend, right? And they, I'll never forget, uh, leading up to it, my wife's office, the headquarters are in Chicago, mm-hmm. and the admins or whatever were setting up the trip, and they asked my wife, would you guys like to rent a car? We thought, oh, it'd be nice. We could drive around, see the area. We exactly. had no idea about Basel. <laughs> so we landed at the Basel airport. I am completely jet-lagged. We had to get from Basel airport to a hotel that is on a map probably about five kilometers away. It's the Novotel. Hotel. Close. I'm sure you know where that Absolutely. is. Absolutely. So I get behind the car. <laughs> I start driving. And I'm driving out of the airport. I'm excited, little jet lag, but I'm like, I got this. I've been driving for 20 years. What the hell I'm doing? All of a sudden, uh, this person just starts walking across the street. I slam on the brakes. I'm like, what the hell? This lady just walked out in front of me. So then I keep going. I keep going. All of a sudden, I'm behind this bus. And I'm like, whoa. Okay, wait, what do I do? Do I go around the bus? Do I wait? Is this like a school bus type thing? What do I do? So then we keep going, and then we have the GPS on. Now, I took three years of German in high school, but it was, it was high school. I yeah. wasn't a very good student, as you use the air quotes. <laughs> so this thing is speaking to us in, in, with German names. Oh, My great. wife's trying to navigate. Next thing I know, we're on the highway heading towards Zurich. <laughs> I'm sweating bullets. I have no idea what's going, back, going on. So we turn around. We come back in the city. I'm encountering trams now. I'm not sure... Okay, does this tram know where I'm going? Should I go? I don't know what's going on. Now there's bikes. There's more pedestrians. Finally, we figure out where to park at the Novotel, and it's I'm at a red light, and in the States, on a red light, if there's no sign, you could turn right. Absolutely. So I turn right. A group of five bikers looked at me like I'm committing a sin. 
And I'm like, why are they yelling at me? And I park my car and I'm shaking. Mm. Absolutely shaking, mm. right? So this is early in the morning because we get here. Right. And my wife has to go to the office. So she goes down about an hour later and she tells the guy, look, I need to get to the Abbott office. I want to take a taxi. And this guy's like, well, just take the tram. She's it's right like, here. No, no, no. Just call me a taxi. Yeah. But ma'am, it's really, just call me a taxi. So this, this takes is a, a taxi. classic story. Yes. So I'm left the whole day to my vices. I walk outside and I'm like, I don't know. I walked around this little area. I come back in. We go out to dinner that night. We go out to dinner with this couple that they sat for, across from us at a restaurant for three hours and complained about all the things that are d- difficult about being an expat. Oh, my God. Okay. It's a wonder you're here, man. I know. <laughs> we get back to that hotel jet lagged after that meal. Just We were crying thinking, we're not doing this. This mm-hmm. isn't happening. Mm-hmm. Not happening. We go to sleep. We wake up the next morning. We tell ourselves, let's, okay, we'll just give a couple more days. Do that. Yeah. Right? So we go around the city that day. We're a bit more rested. That night, we meet friends of ours down at a bouvet. This mm-hmm. was August. Nice. Right? We meet at a bouvet. One, two, four, five bottles of wine later. We're nice. sitting there. There's other people coming in, other expats. We're chatting. Everybody's having this amazing time. I end up, we end up at a Italian restaurant. I end up vomiting somewhere. It was a great, <laughs> back at the hotel. It was a great <laughs> night. And then we told ourselves, yes, we are coming. We're going to do this. That did it. That did it. Just in a 24 hour period. Wow. That did it. But wow. those first moments, it was, it was chaos. Yeah. Well, you were amazingly brave or crazy or stupid or something to all, rent a car. All of the above. Yeah. Because I now you're bringing back some memories of driving around. My brother-in-law was driving. My, my sister and brother-in-law had their tickets to come visit us in Basel before we had our tickets to move here. <laughs> as soon as they found out we were going to be in Europe, they're like, we're there. We're there now. <laughs> So they arrive about 10 days. We're in our temporary apartment. We know nothing. And all I know is we went around circles, around in circles near the SBB so many times because there's so many choices right around there. And the other one that happened was (laughs) we were invited to dinner in France and we end up on the highway in Germany. (laughs) Okay. And I was like, I think we not only took a wrong turn, we're completely in the wrong country. (laughs) I mean, how many places can that happen? I know. It's so funny. Yeah. So I'd forgotten about some of those. So then you you were, yes, after that. What a wonderful experience to be, I don't know, were you near the river with the Bouvet? Of course, That's yes. That's so lovely. It it's one a... of my favorite things about the Basel area in oh. the evening, the lights. It's spectacular. It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous August evening. It wasn't too hot. It was yeah. just wonderful. But what made it were the people that we met. So we yes. met the friends, but then you know other expats joined us, and it was just this community that was just... It was welcoming. It was wonderful. And mm. we were just had such a blast. And we were like, we felt very like, this is going to work. I'm so glad you had some people to counteract the ones who were complaining. Mm. Yeah. Because we had something similar when we came over. I got, uh, I don't know, a three or four page letter about everything that we would need to bring with us because they didn't have it here. Yeah, we people told us that. And I thought we're moving to Switzerland. You know, this is this is not exactly a hardship post. Right. But luckily I met others and then I remember deciding to be that person when new people came because I would hear people around them saying, "Oh, there's this and they're not very friendly and wah, wah, wah. all of which may be true. Mm-hmm. However, there's a lot of great things as well. And so I would say to people, when you want to hear the good things about Basel, you call me. <laughs> I totally agree. Like, of course you could focus on the negatives, but but this is such a big deal when you make this move yes. that you you can't you can't harp on those negatives from the get go. Otherwise, you'll you'll drown in them and, and you'll right. be done. That's right. And after all, this is a great practice anywhere in life because there's always going to be a, 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 an upset neighbor. It's not right. only because we live in Switzerland. Right. So. So then you got here when when you said this was 2016. 2016. And With then, the idea to be here, how long did you know? We didn't know. It was going to be, you know, we were telling people anywhere from, you know, two to three years. Mm -hmm. uh, But it wasn't really, there wasn't a defined end time. Mm -hmm. Um, So we arrived uh, January 2 of 2017. Okay. So that's when we got got to Basel. Yeah. The very start of 2017. And since you were at a point, you were kind of ready for a change in your career anyway. Yes. You probably got here and uh, lots to do again. 
It was. Well, it started back in the States. I mean, uh, three months earlier in September, I quit my job and became full-time stay-at-home because at that time we had a house, two cars, like things needed to be sold and get rid of, and we needed to figure things out. And my job wasn't going to translate over here. I Mm -hmm. can't cover American sports in Switzerland. (laughs) It's not a market for it. Uh, But yeah, so when we got here, it was just, uh, it was from the get-go, you're just trying to, to sort things out. But I told myself, and I tell people this all the time, that things are going to be different, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Different is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to go to the store, and it's not going to have the exact same things, <laughs> but that's okay, right? They do trash differently here. That's okay. Sounds like a great mantra. You know that's what I okay. mean? That's okay. Like, <laughs> like things are just not going to be the same. You right. can't replicate what you had, especially uh, Americans. You can't replicate that lifestyle here. Right. And like you mentioned, everybody's like, well, okay, you got to bring this, you got to bring this. I still have garbage bags from Costco in my three years later, right? Amazing. We brought paper towels. We brought all kinds of medicine. And, you know, people tell us that. And we're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to go to Costco. We're going to get all this crap. And about once a year, my wife would go back to, or we'd go back to Chicago or go back to the States to visit. And that first year, it was like, okay, we need to get this. And, but then slowly, we're like, like you said, we're in Switzerland. The mm-hmm. medicine's fantastic. Mm-hmm. The paper towels work. Okay, it's right. not brawny, but you know what? It gets the job done. It does. Okay. It does. Um, but things like that, like they have deodorant, they have, they have these things. We're, we're right. living in a first world country. Absolutely. It's okay. Yeah. And I just, I don't get it. Those, those people that we met that first night that were very negative, you know, they would, her husband would go back and he'd come back with boxes of like pepperoni and goldfish for the kids. And it's like, you know, my kids just, they just adjusted, you know. Paprika chips. Yeah, know? they just adjust. <laughs> exactly. They just adjust. And they and end up liking too. things here. Shoggy veggies. They absolutely love shoggy That's veggies. Right. That's right. You know, and it's like they just, everybody adjusts. Um, but you just got to embrace those differences. Absolutely. And I enjoyed the discovery process of when I realized I could find a lot of things that I was missing. It was like, oh, this store has that. How fun. Yay. One thing that I didn't need, but I kind of missed. Yeah. And now it just makes makes me in here all the better. And that's a process that has continued, that mm-hmm. discovery process. Exactly. Especially having three countries available to shop in, right? <laughs> and it's I great. I mean, it's just too much fun. So when you got here, what was what were your thoughts about your professional career? Like before you came, you knew that it was you were leaving, you gave notice a bit in advance so you could get into all those logistics. You get here, you've got plenty more of logistics to manage, getting mm. the kids settled, all of that. Did you have a thought before you came or were you just kind of open? I was just open. I really okay. didn't have a thought. Um, be, I mean, I just, it was like, I'm going to put my career on pause. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure what that meant or mm-hmm. how that would go. Because mm-hmm. uh, the thought of being stay at home dad, you know, four or five years ago terrified me. <laughs> it really did. Like, there's no way I couldn't do it. Um, so you just, uh, I, I just, it was kind of open-ended, you know, you mm-hmm. had the, the things in front of you of getting your kids settled at the new school, mm-hmm. right? Which number one priority, they had a bit of a, my son had a bit of a tough transition. It was hard for him getting them settled, getting them feel comfortable, then getting the house settled, then understanding just the day-to-day basic things. Driving mm-hmm. is one. Yes. Uh, but like you said, the recycling, the just, just the things that you need to, you forget like, we were here a couple days in this apartment and had to do laundry. Mm-hmm. And my laundry room's right over here. And I go in and I'm like, ah, oh, it's so nice. We have laundry on our thing. I open up the door and I'm standing in front of it. And it's like a literal record scratch because everything's in German. <laughs> right? And I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean? How yeah. do I do my laundry? Right. And little things like that are just constant where it's like you forget over time that you need to learn those and you need to Mm -hmm. adjust to those things. And that's where that negativity can seep in, right? Right. But it's just like, okay, now I got to learn what these are. Mm -hmm. So that was a a big focus of mine, um, just trying to figure that kind of stuff out, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, I felt like it happened pretty quick. I hear people say it takes six months, it takes a year. I felt by that spring, I was... I was pretty good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because then by that spring I started getting bored. Okay. 
okay? By the spring, I started, you know, I knew how to do the laundry. I knew when the trash was. I knew where to go recycling. I knew where to shop. But then I started feeling like, okay, well, I could walk up and down Friestrasse a couple more times before I got to pick up the kids. Uh, I used to ride the tram around sometimes, which was a nice way to learn the city. It is, But there's yeah. only so much, that you know, so right. much time I wanted to spend just riding around on trams. There's I was thrilled <laughs> because I had a pass, and I could go anywhere. That was great. Yeah. There's only so many tram lines, right? That's right. That's um, right. And yeah, it's, it's, so then you start getting to that point of like, whew, man, okay. House is settled. Kids are settled. The spouse is settled. I mean, they're kind of doing their own thing. Uh, I got the laundry done, the house is clean, the groceries are shopped for, and now I got to find something for me. Yeah. And did you ever imagine you would end up sitting here doing a podcast at that point? No, I don't think so. So tell Um, me then how the path, how this came to be. uh, So I started just trying things. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, it was, I went to a CrossFit gym, tried CrossFit mm-hmm. again, and I realized <laughs> I didn't like it. Again. Again. <laughs> nope, not for me. Uh, I played, uh, back in the States, I played bocce with mm-hmm. the Columbus Italian Club. There's, I found out there was a bocce club here. So I went and I joined. Nobody spoke a lick of English. <laughs> I'm not playing bocce now. It's okay. Uh, I'm a big golfer, so it was like, okay, I got to figure out where I can go play golf. Yes. So I was trying out golf courses and trying to figure that out. Um, but then I started trying new things. I said, you know what? It's the winter time. I can't play golf. Let's try yoga. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I know I want. I did it for my golf because I wanted to. I'm getting older. I want to feel more flexible. Mm-hmm. Let me try this yoga thing. I don't know how it's going to go. I've done it with my wife a few times. She drugged me to this like Valentine's Day yoga one time. <laughs> and there was a coworker there. And I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. I can't stand this. But I started doing yoga and I ended up liking it. Go figure. Right? Fabulous. You know, now, now I could do full wheels. I'm doing uh, forearm stands. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm in it. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a yogi. I'm loving so it. So cool. Right? I'm really enjoying it. And I found that I liked it. You know, you're spending an hour with mostly women in yoga pants. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's really not a bad way to spend an hour, and it's some good exercise, and it Absolutely. helps the golf swing. At least that's what I tell Lindsay. But no, it does help the golf swing. Um, so, you know, I try that. And then back in the States, I was I also worked at a radio station. So, you know, the biggest help for me uh, was a group of stay-at-home dads. Mm-hmm. Here in this area, here in, in the Basel, Basel area, okay. there's a group of they call them housemen. They yep. have a Verein, they have a club, and right from the get go, there was a Facebook page. You could ask questions. They have lunches. They have beers on Thursdays. That was a big resource for me right away. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the guys said, "Hey, you you worked at the radio?" I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, there's this guy who works at Radio X. He's a houseman. Go down there and check him out." So I go down to the Radio X here in Basel on Tuesday nights. They have an English show. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, I'm going down there every Tuesday night. Okay. I'm, I'm helping out on the show. I'm being on air. And it's suddenly it's something I have. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a few hours a week, but I'm doing some show prep. I'm, nice. It's something, right? Yeah. That is where I met Susie. Okay. Okay. So Susie was already doing the radio. Okay. And so I would go down and then I, would met, I met Susie down there. And we just, you know, it's just one of those things where you just instantly kind of connect with somebody. You have similar right. personalities or make each other laugh, whatever. It's just There's that connection, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I started doing Radio X for um, quite a while and really got to know Susie. And then after shows, we'd go out and have a couple beers. And, like, we just really got to know each other. And then one thing led to another. Um, and I, I did somewhat have an idea of somewhere exploring a podcast space Mm -hmm. i did have podcasts back in the states okay and so it just kind of organically formed and next thing i know Susie and i are doing this podcast um and it's again it went from a few more hours a week where you have these responsibilities yes you know you're getting a little bit of a routine and it just it really helps settle you into being not only an expat, mm-hmm. but then a trailing spouse, stay-at-home dad expat. Right. It's something that's yours. Right. It's really all yours. And also a place where you can use your talents, use your gifts. 
right? Just well, I don't have any of those, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if I had some, that's where I would use them. Yeah. So the podcast started as Swiss Pats, or how did you get to Swiss Pats? It right started, away. Right away. Uh, okay. I think Susie's sister came up with the name. Really? And was like, that's how a great. That? That's a great name. Um, but it was like the first. Oh gosh. Episodes were just huddled around a uh, laptop. We didn't even have microphones. Okay. We're interviewing people's grandmas. Like it's just, we're just starting it. Exactly. And that's that's the beauty, what I found that gave me the um, freedom yes. here. Yes, Is you just start it. That's just right. start it. What the hell? I right? think that whole thing of moving abroad with someone, for someone, whatever it is, gives you that freedom mm -hmm. if you choose to take it. Mm -hmm. Freedom is a blessing and a curse at the same time. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But I love your process of just trying different things. Right. And then just continuing to do something and then letting it grow organically. Yeah. And when it, was that? When did the podcast start? Podcast started probably, I want to say, in the summer of 2018. Okay. Yeah. Summer 2018. And now we've had over 100 100 episodes uh we're on wrs on fridays which is so cool which is yeah. very cool um we've we're casting a, quite a wide net um you know and this is the one downsides of being the expat is this was always a potential one of us would leave because right. both of us are training spouses and it turns out to be me and it sucks you know that's mm -hmm. the only way you could put it it just mm -hmm. sucks because we really have this thing going you've got momentum now we've got momentum yeah. um it's going to be in good hands Susie's going to knock it out of the park i know that mm -hmm. it just sucks right mm -hmm. because it's like okay now i gotta i gotta give it up yeah, right gotta let the baby go yeah gotta let it go and come back and visit please yes <laughs> when you were starting did you have any hesitation? I mean, you have background in this, and Susie's background, she was working at the radio station here, so she had a little bit. Sure. Her background, I think she was a police officer before, mm -hmm. so quite different. I think sometimes people are hesitant to try something new. Did you feel any of that, or did you just figure, what the hell? I just figured, what the hell? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's that's the same what reason. What do you have to lose? Right. Right? And that's the same yeah. reason why, you know, I tried yoga, or tried CrossFit, or I tried... Some of these other things here. Um, I tried skiing. I never skied, but oh, I cool. figured, look, I'm in Switzerland. <laughs> you, you, you can't not try and ski in Switzerland. Right. And all those things, like, it might not be easy at first. Mm -hmm. And I distinctively, distinctively remember one point skiing with my wife, who's trying to teach me, which is a horrible idea. Basically taking off my skis and walking down the run. I was like, I'm done. This isn't happening. Yeah. Now I love it. I absolutely love right. skiing. I'm not that much better, but I love it. Um, so it was. It was just, I'm just going to just go for it because mm -hmm. you have, you. I felt this freedom of just trying it. Mm -hmm. What the hell? Like, if it doesn't work out, so what? If I don't like this, so what? Mm. Like, try it and know that you need to try it a few times. Mm -hmm. And you need to kind of give it a little bit of time, whatever time is, time is X, who knows. But just try it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and see. Yeah, and I love that it sounds like in many things you didn't let a first wrong impression stop you or a bad impression, whatever it may be. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You stayed with it a little you bit. You got to stick with it a bit. Just like when the people were telling you, oh, you know, we miss so many things. You didn't let that completely color your experience here and no. you decided to come anyway. Yeah. Exactly, because on the whole, it, it, the, the experience of moving here is a, a big example of the little examples of trying yoga or skiing or yes. whatever. The idea of coming over here, moving here with your family and not knowing anything, right? And really, it's really a hard place to figure out how to live, but you, you go through it, you go through some hard times, yep. but you come out on the end, and right now, it's like, I, I don't want to leave, Right. right. That's the big idea, but the little ideas of trying this here, trying that there, and mm -hmm. like giving, okay, time, it might not be perfect at, at the start, give it a little time, and then you'll figure it out. Maybe you'll love it, maybe you won't. Mm -hmm. um, but just giving it that time is, I think, is very important. So here's a question you may or may not be able to answer, but do you think you'll take something, some of this with you back to the States? And what I mean by that is that will your life be different than it would have been had you never left? Oh, for sure. Yeah. This changes you. Yeah. Changes you. And 
good and bad, I guess. Um, I think in the good ways, it changes you because you learn some things about yourself. Like, uh-huh. you know, you learn how to try these new things and, mm-hmm. and try to be open to these new things and open to change. Uh, and change can be good, mm-hmm. right? Change may be scary, but it can also be very mm-hmm. good on mm-hmm. the on the other end of it. Yeah. Um, so you learn about that. You learn about some things maybe professionally that maybe I wouldn't have had a chance to really kind of dig into this podcast world. You know, mm-hmm. not going back. I, I have some ideas for some other podcasts. Well, I was maybe wondering. I could, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, so I have some ideas with that. Um, but then there's also the bad things of like, the things that we love about here, we can't necessarily replicate mm-hmm. back in the States. So we just bought a house in the Chicago area, and as we were listing our things of what we wanted, you know, my wife and I were like, look, we want to take what we what we experienced here and try and replicate it we can mm-hmm. in the States. Like, mm-hmm. we don't need the big house with the big yard and, you know, the two cars and all this other stuff. But then as you're going through it, it's like, no, we need two cars because we just do. It's just it's the, the way United it is States. there. Yeah. It's a different different setup, um, different world. Yeah. We can't live in the city of Chicago because her office is an hour outside and right. the good schools are out there. And, you know, we need a bit of a bigger house. And, like, it's just... We we put one of our important things was walkability. We wanted I wondered, a, yeah. We wanted a, a neighborhood of, of walkability. You just, you can't, you can't get that. Mm-hmm. You just can't. I mm-hmm. mean, if you really want to, and, and then you factor in the budget and all that other stuff, but it's just, it's really hard to, to replicate some of these things. But right. there's some ideas and feelings and, and experiences that we had, I know we can take with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but those things of like, oh, now I got to get in the car every day and schlep to here and schlep to there mm-hmm. and like. That's yeah. that's going to be an adjustment, I think. Yeah. I wonder if you'll find some ways to bring the walkability in, not in the same way as here. You can't, You know, yeah. we've just moved from Bettingen, mm-hmm. which is not so far out as people seem to think it <laughs> right. is. Still part of Baselstadt, by the way. Um, but we moved from Bettingen right into the heart of the city. And I have to say, I am loving being so close to things. I mean, I meet people for coffee and I walk two blocks or maybe a <laughs> block and a half. And I have so many choices. Yeah. And my days are longer. And so uh, I know that if we moved away, I would want to do my best to recreate. And even just the walking part. We like how... Walking is built into your life here. It is. It's Even wonderful. if you're catching trams. Yeah. Right? Still, uh, oh, I missed that tram. It's okay. I'll walk over to that other tram. It's just part of life here. I know. So you'll have to keep us posted how you figure out a way to do that there. I will try. But here's the funny thing is is one of the summers we went back for a couple of weeks, I met a friend for lunch mm-hmm. at, you know, one of your typical, like, whatever, uh, run-of-the-mill restaurants in the states okay. right and and you'll get this and a lot of other americans listening will get it it's the it's like in one of those complexes that have like a few restaurants or like a jiffy lube on the outside then a big parking lot and then like a big kroger or big grocery yes. store and then like a strip mall right so yeah. one of those big things and so from the restaurant over to where the i had to go to the grocery store i want to say two three hundred yards yeah. right so i thought you know what? I'm just going to walk over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there wasn't a sidewalk. There were there were cars coming. They weren't stopping for me. That's right. And people were looking at me like, "What's what's this guy doing walking across the <laughs> walking across the parking lot?" Right. And like we think about some other areas that have like the big shopping areas. And if you in the states, if you see someone walking next to the road, mm-hmm. you think they're having car trouble. That's right. That's right. right. They you ran out they of gas, help. maybe. They need help. <laughs> right? It's just, that's just the way life is there. Yeah. And it's, I didn't, I don't, those are the things that I, I'm really going to miss about here. Yeah. You know? You're going to have to find those national parks and the parks near you and find those things. I mean, I know you and I both lived in Cleveland, right? You're yeah. from Cleveland area. Uh, yeah, sort kind of. of. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I loved there was the emerald necklace, they called it, of parks that were all around and that connected more or less to each other. I didn't take as much advantage of it as I would now, Yeah. having lived somewhere where I walk a lot. Yeah. So... 
Yeah, and we will take that with us, and and it's those little things that you take from here. Yeah, um, that that you want to kind of kind of bring with you on your next phase of life, mm-hmm. right? Because there are so many good things about living here mm-hmm. um, from a quality of life aspect, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. that we want to take with us and and not lose, and hopefully yeah. we won't. Yeah. And that fits in so well to this whole idea of life abroad reimagined, because I think so much of it you can't imagine. It's not about reimagining, oh, it's not like this, I'll do that. It's that you can't know what you're going to not only end up doing, but how you're going to be affected and changed by it and what you'll take with you. Mm -hmm. How much do you think you're going to come back to visit? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know. And you know, we, we talk about how the things we want to, we haven't done in the States, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've learned, we were just talking about this over the weekend. We learned that we do enjoy the mountains. Mm-hmm. Like now I like skiing. My kids are really enjoying skiing. Oh, that's great. Just last summer we started hiking mm-hmm. and we just really enjoy being in the mountains. So like, yeah. I've never been to Colorado. I've never been to Utah. Mm-hmm. We want to go out there, yeah. you know? It's There's, a huge country with so huge, much right. to see. There's yeah. so many other golf courses in the States I haven't played yet. <laughs> I've been to Scotland three times, you know, but there's places in the States I want to go play. And like, you know, there's there's those things that um, you want to go see and do just back in your home country that, again, from this experience, we're like, oh, what about here? What about there? Like, You might appreciate it differently. And you might, right? yeah. I mean, I, I, I sure think about all the places I haven't seen in the U.S., and uh, not having access to them. I mean, I think it'll be nice for you to get back and be able to do all that. And as you said, with different eyes, different right. appreciation for hiking, for skiing, for whatever else, for being right. in the snow and all of that. Yeah, I used to hate the snow. Really? I used to hate winter. Yeah. And when I went back in Chicago just a few weeks ago to house hunt, I mean, it was... <laughs> I was going to say, if you hate winter, you're in trouble. Miserable. <laughs> it was you know the car was covered in the hotel and your drive just it was like oh man february in chicago is not great but you know the caribbean islands are close right <laughs> that's right as you were saying you can we talked about before we got on air you can go anywhere from chicago pretty, exactly pretty easily so again it's staying positive it's taking that same mindset that i brought here and yes. taking it with me back to the states it's different because there's similarities or familiar familiarities that's Mm -hmm. a really hard word to say Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but again trying to keep that positive mindset of things aren't going to be like switzerland that's right but that's okay but they're going to be fine they're going to be good yeah and like in the grand scheme of things like you really have to be like all right like your life is it doesn't you know you're you're doing okay Right. You know like, what I mean? We have roofs over <laughs> our heads. We're fine. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah. It's so easy to get caught up on the first world problem sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like you got to constantly you'd be like, okay, yes, I'm sad to leave Switzerland. And it sucks to, 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 you know, not have to be able to live here anymore. But right. you also like, okay, I'm not going to a war, war-torn country where That's I'm right. going to live in a shack or like... You know, it's it's your setup is good. There. My setup is very good, and I'm very lucky. My setup in the states, anywhere, I'm a very yeah. lucky person, yeah. right? There's a lot of people who would kill to be in that position yeah. to be able to live where I'm going to live, to be able, you know, right? So it's like absolutely, you got to keep that in mind that too. Perspective, you got to, yeah, because yeah. it's it's hard to lose that sometimes. It's hard to kind of not grasp that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and professionally, you're gonna see what's next. I'm gonna see what's next. Like I said, I had I had some uh, podcast ideas that I, I pitched to some of my buddies back home, and they think it's a good idea. So, you know, there, there's the 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 wheels are kind of yeah. wheels are kind of turning a bit. Are you looking forward to being in the states where there's not the language issue at all? Yes and no. Okay. So I will say. I will say yes from a sometimes it's just nice to be able to, if you really need to express yourself that you can, right? Because everybody's speaks To most English, anyone, right? yeah. Um, however, sometimes it's nice to be able to be out in Basel and hear the German being spoken and not completely understand what they're saying. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. kind of nice. I can relate. <laughs> you know sometimes what I mean? when I go back to the States, I overhear conversations and I'm like, I really don't need to hear this. I know. And just when I was back in Chicago, like... I feel like my head whipping around, like you're just hyper aware yes. 
of it because you're like, oh, I hear English. Right. But it's like English is everywhere. Of course yeah. you hear English. And did you ever feel like you have a, an extra challenge here because of the language? Oh, yeah. And I wonder how it'll be to lose that. Yeah. Sometimes I think I would miss that. You know, that some days I hate it. <laughs> yeah, some days you really get frustrated, right? I just don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But other times I think this has become such a part of my life to manage whatever I need to manage in another language. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a nice challenge in some ways. It is. It's something that, you know, I've kind of enjoyed trying to learn and speak and practice mm-hmm. another language. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's given me... It's given me another, we talk about perspective, um, a couple of things have happened to me that have kind of, you know, made me sit up. It, one was, we talked about the grocery shopping over the border, and I like to go to France, because, mm-hmm. but the problem is, I don't speak a lick of French. <laughs> and many times when I am in a grocery store in France, I'm treated very rudely because I can't speak French. Mm. Okay. Mm. They treat me very, very rudely. Okay. Sometimes it's been okay, and, and they're you know they're nice yeah. to the Americans. Sometimes but... I end up speaking German in France. <laughs> yeah, and I welcome it, and mm-hmm. I'm like mm-hmm. I I like there's this place called Paul that has amazing mm-hmm. croissants and stuff, and when I go in there, they don't speak English, but I'm like Sprechen Sie Deutsch, and they're like Ein bisschen, and I'm like yeah. oh thank God, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I can order in German, we can do <laughs> food, this. we got it. Yes, like I got this. Uh, but then there was an incident here in Basel where. Again, back in the car, I'm driving, I'm dropping my kid off at school, and I ended up going down a one-way street, Oh, right? I've done that. Right? You do. It happens. Yeah. Well, it just so happened, this this older gentleman came around the corner and was like, essentially yelling at me, like, hey, turn around. You're, right. I understand. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm trying to f- fix the situation. Find a place right? to turn around. Yeah. So I somehow, I, I turn around, I kind of figure it out, and as I'm turning back around, like he's filming me, Mm. right? And then I park my car Mm. and he comes up to my car and he starts yelling at me, right, in English, which I guess, I don't know why, but he started yelling at me in English. My son's in the car, he's scared. I'm like, I'm just trying to drop my kid off at school. He's like, you're going the wrong way. I'm calling the cops, blah, blah, blah. Like yelling at me, right? Mm -hmm. Like just dressing me down. I'm like, look, buddy, I'm just trying to drop my kid off. My kid was eight, but he's a little scared, right? Of course. So finally, he just ends it as, go back to where you came from. Wow. Right? Amazing. And he walks away. Amazing. Wow. It was just like, okay, okay. Like, I'm doing the best I could do, right? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to drop my kid off at school. I'm trying to follow the rules. I'm trying to speak the language. Mm -hmm. And all this guy sees is some dumbass American going the wrong way. Some foreigner who doesn't belong here. Yes. Go back to where you came from. And I'm like, man. And it it just so happened a few weeks after that, um, a group chat I'm with my buddies. Like, one of my buddies was complaining about Spanish being, he lives down in Miami, and Spanish being spoken. And I'm like, at the airport. And I just, it triggered me, right? And I just kind (laughs) of went off. I'm like, guys, like, we can't do this. Like, this isn't right. You know, like they're trying just as hard as I'm trying, right? That's right. Like we're all in the same. Well, that perspective that it gives yeah. us to be the foreigner. I, I think that all over there are people who, who feel that way about foreigners. I know when I went down the wrong way, I had a convertible at the time. And the guy, <laughs> like, so everything, all the tops down and everything. And he leans over and he's like, you're not from here, are you? In English. Uh-huh. And I was, I was like, yes, I am. I've been in Bettingen, you know, for (laughs) how many months, you know, enough to know that I live in Bettingen close by, but not enough to know that this was a one way. But then I have seen other Swiss people make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And uh, overall, I found the Swiss drivers to be pretty patient. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I chose to focus on, right? <laughs> right. Versus the guy saying, you're not from here, are you? Yeah. But he wasn't, he wasn't as, uh, as mean as the one that you encountered. Very, very angry person. Very yeah. angry person. Yeah. But I think it gives such perspective for how people feel. I always think that we are so fortunate here to have support when we move. Most of us as expats get some language lessons. The city of Basel now offers free language. I think it's 80 hours. Yeah. I mean, phenomenal, right? And then I think about the people in the U.S. who are working 12-hour days, 
who are not working in a place where they learn the language and we get very angry and upset with them and if they're going to live here they should blankety blank blank learn our language i know and, and and also the thing too is like as we're as we're over here in this country where you know we're not from we don't speak the language of course we're going to gravitate toward other english speaking people right. whether it's australians or other americans or people or from people the uk from anywhere in the world who speak english yeah, as you, their second language right you kind of gravitate towards that and it's it's two-pronged it's okay they say, well, the Swiss aren't friendly and it's hard to make friends with Swiss. Well, in some respects, you just kind of want to have that, you know, that connection with other English speaking people. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same back in the States where it's like those people are working 12 hours and, and you know, or grew up speaking Spanish. It's their mother tongue. Like, yes. They're going to want to kind of, it, it's just, it's a comfort, right? To be able with other Spanish speakers. Let alone that it's exhausting to try and speak another language at the end of a regular work yeah. day. Let alone uh, manual labor or whatever it may be. Yeah. Like, I mean, my brain just gets so tired. Right. You know, and I'm just so happy to just be able to speak English sometimes. And it even goes to the points of like when you call or the ATM or when you call the cable company and they give you an option for Espanol, right? Mm-hmm. When I call Swisscom and they give me an option for English, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Right. Thank you so much, right? right? Like, right. What, who cares? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's a nice little thing. And like, again, that perspective and uh, it's just, those are the things that change you, right? Mm-hmm. And and I hope that it's had some effect on my kids who are now five and eight. Um, just this, I, I'm sure it has. I hope so. I'm I sure hope so. Because just this past fall, we were in Cairo. Mm. and Or in Egypt, but we spent some time in Cairo. And one of the days we took a food tour and we're walking around the streets of Cairo. And we are the only white faces. And my kids have blonde hair, so even that is this next level, right? Mm-hmm. And people are staring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're being very sweet toward the kids and right. But it was like it was it was that 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 switch of like suddenly we're the minority. Yes. Suddenly we're, we're the odd ones. We're the we're the odd ones. Right. And like everybody was looking at us like, well, look at them. Mm-hmm. But I felt that was so important for them to experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So important. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I hope they take something away from that as much as I uh felt that was an important part i just hope they took something away from it because mm-hmm. it was it was it was it was really neat to be on that other side well i i think that um i have some personal experience with that and that is that you know i lived in south america as a young child from age one until age four almost five okay and then i started kindergarten in the united states we okay. moved back to washington dc and i was never the same and i know that we moved to a small town in missouri because my Parents thought they wanted to raise me in a place where I could be outside on the sidewalk and play and have small town life. Norman Rockwell kind of. Exactly. Okay. But it was far from that. I mean, in some ways it was great. I was on my bike all the time. I would leave in the morning and come home for lunch and then not come back again until dinner. And I love that. And I love that we can do that here, by the way. (laughs) Right. Um, But what was not the same for me was that people were quite closed-minded and I noticed that early on and uh, I never felt like I really fit in there Um, and I was only four when we left but I already knew there was another world out there I knew there were other languages and I I could never put that genie back into the bottle and um, that made it sometimes difficult for me I think it's one of the reasons I like Basel so much because Basel is full of internationals. And honestly, it's also full of Swiss people who have also traveled. Mm -hmm. And this is not only who I tend to hang out with here. If I'm in the US, I tend to hang out with the people who have also traveled, who can understand this change in perspective that that we have. Um, Even I had it as a, a young child, and I think it was part of why I was quite happy to move here when David had the opportunity. I bet. I bet. So I don't think that your kids will, uh, there's no way they'll leave without some effect. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And, you know, it's... uh... It's just, it's been really cool for them to see them learn a new language. And and, and so easily for kids. What a s- gift yeah, at this age. You know, yeah. and I'll never forget when my daughter was like four, we had to meet the teacher thing. And like, we're sitting there with the German teacher and my four-year-old comes in. And the German teacher and my four-year-old just speaking in German to each other. I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? I love moments like you that. You know what I mean? But it's like burned into my memory. Like I know where yes. I was sitting. Like it was just like, it was so, it was so surreal, but so cool. 
Yeah. Like it just really is, um, is neat. And that perspective that you have now, I, it's one of the, the, the things I'm a little concerned about going back Mm -hmm. is that, that perspective that we have, the travel of going back there of, of not quite fitting in, right? Like you don't quite fit in here. That's right. (laughs) And now we don't quite fit in there. Like it's like you're in this weird kind of limbo phase and we have friends that, have lived overseas, moved back, and now we're back overseas. And like, you just, you just don't know. Right. You just don't know. Well, Don, I love hearing all this and I'm hoping that you will consider, uh, what would we call it? Um, the reverse life abroad reimagined <laughs> interview at some point once yeah, you've yeah. been back in the U.S. for a while to talk to us about how reentry is. Yeah. I think that would be important. I think that would be uh, important for me, but important just to hear, you know, the, the I always knew this was a possibility. Of course. Uh, but I never quite knew I would love it so much here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so now that I do, now that I'm going back, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that is mm-hmm. and to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. That would be great. And keep us posted on your podcasts because the beauty of podcasts is we can listen to them anytime, right? It's true. Yeah. That's true. So it won't be a golf podcast. Okay. So I won't bore you with that, but I think it might be sports related. <laughs> so I don't but, know. Yeah. I think people will want to hear your voice, whatever the topic is, because we're going to miss you a lot. Thank so. you, Rilla. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Life Abroad Reimagined. I'm your host, Rilla Ressler. I teach yoga and mindfulness in the Basel area. You can learn more about me on my website, rillayoga.com. That's rilla, R-Y-L-L-A-Y-O-G-A dot com. And if you'd like to read our book, The Trailing Spouse Reimagined, you can find it online at bergley.ch on Amazon or in bookstores around the world.